welcome. You know, four years in, four <laughs> years in, you'd think I'd have this music thing worked out. It's not, I, I'm not going to throw the band under the bus. Guys, you're doing great. That was my apology. So we can go back to the first bar. First bar. Here we go. Reset. Welcome. Yes. To what? The. If. The show. That loses an hour of sleep on random, random basis. The show itself was about an hour, so maybe that's see you could you could sleep. You could sleep. You could sleep during the show if that's what you're suggesting. But I don't know if that's really what we want to encourage our audience to do. <laughs> no. Although, if that helped, you know, I used to I used to sleep uh, listening to audio books, thinking that uh, maybe you know, like nonfiction books, thinking that I would then. I don't know. Is it? Need to wake up and suddenly know all the stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you ingested all the information. Yeah, uh, Matt Stanley, professor of uh, history of history of science at yeah. New York University. How are things? Um, things are acceptable. Um, let's see here. I've got a um, stuffed penguin here, um, oh. which is always good for morale. Her name is Priscilla. Oh, um, it, the, it, it, is she a Linux? Penguin? Or what, uh, she is not. She was, a, she was a Christmas penguin, um, but she has only recently moved into my office. There. Uh, <laughs> also with us, Gabby Panicia, virologist uh, from uh, Rockefeller University. How are you? I am good. You know, I'm experiencing the sort of, you know, New York weather phenomenon known as nobody knows what's going on. I'm going to come out in three different coats and see what works. Before I come in, <laughs> we have an exciting event coming. Well, I don't, actually, I'm not going to be judged. I'm not. I, w- I will not judge. I will not call it exciting. I will not call it good or bad. We have an event coming up uh, this Sunday at 2 a.m. that comes around every year, and uh, it is the inspiration for this week's if. Um, and before we introduce what that is, uh, Gabby, if you could help people understand. What, what does that mean? What's an if? What do we do here each week? Yeah, so we are essentially running thought experiments where you think your way through a sort of what-if situation of, you know, what would happen if one thing changed. So our if is the one thing that we're changing about the universe, the way the universe works, about something in it, and we're going to follow the ramifications of that out as far as it will possibly go, which uh, usually leads us to breaking something important. <laughs> by the way, um, this show is brought to you by by listeners like you. Uh, help support the show. Patreon.com. Help us continue to improve the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash what the if. Uh, you can help support us. Uh, we'll talk more about that at the end of the show, but I want to get to the if this week, which is has to do with daylight savings time. And uh, Matt, can you tell us what is... Daylight savings time. And I wonder if, do, do we have listeners all over the world? I don't know. Is this something that exists in other countries as well? Um, some countries and some not. You basically only need this, I mean, whether or not we even need it, um, in countries that have multiple time zones and spread a long way east-west. Um, so let's see here. 
the the root of this problem um, is I don't know Copernicus, I guess, in the sense that always, um, always. It's, <laughs> if <laughs> if the Earth did not rotate, we would have fewer problems. I guess that's enough for another day. Um, so for most of human history, daytime was the time when you did stuff because that's when you could see. And night was the time when you didn't do stuff because you couldn't see. Um, and, you know, things like campfires and candles and such were kind of a, a minor change to this. Um, but for the most part, we, we built all of our cycles around, uh, all of our activity cycles around day-night. Um, and this, uh, so for instance, um, hours, like the time unit, uh, we think of uh, an hour as 60 minutes and each minute is 60 seconds. Um, that is, it's, a, it's an absolute unit of time. That wasn't the case for most of civilization. Rather, 12 hours was simply the time between sunrise and sunset divided by 12. So think about that for a second. So that means during the winter, an hour is a short period of time, and during the summer, an hour is a long period of time. Would they actually divide it by 12? Yep. So they... So if so, that's right. So if yeah. I have to go to work for eight hours, um, I'm much happier about that in the winter than I am in the summer because it's actually less time. Wow. Now, but would they? Well, I, don't, I don't know if you know. Would, would they compensate? And say actually, in the winter, you got to work nine hours. No, typically not. It's um, it was oh, that was that was it. <laughs> um, so all that to, to kind of. Uh, uh, because I think in order to understand daylight savings time, you need to have this uh, understand that um, our time units are actually more flexible than we think they are, and sometimes it's helpful, and sometimes that's that's not. Um, so once you have uh, mechanical clocks, mechanical clocks being common, then you don't have to follow um, the path of the sun as your time marker anymore. Um, and one of the effects of this is that now an hour is always an hour. It's always 3,600 seconds. Okay. Um, and that's fine um, until you start doing things, say, late 18th century, kind of the early industrial era. Um, people stop doing things like saying, let's get to work at sunrise and work till sunset. And instead start saying uh -huh. things like, let's get to work at 7 a.m. and work till 7 p.m. Um, and that's fine. That, that guarantees that you are getting the same amount of work in uh, at any given right. time. The, the downside is that that no longer matches up with the natural rhythms of the sun. So now um, it might be the case that you have to start work an hour before the sun is up. So now it's dark. Um, and you might have yes. to keep working an hour after the sun sets. Uh, and that means you need to use artificial sources of light for that. So in the 18th century, that would have been things like candles. Um, by the early 20th century, that means things like electrical lights. But all of these um, run by uh, fuel, right? Candles are expensive in the 1780s, um, and electricity is expensive in the 1880s. So um, it, it occurs to some people <laughs> to say, well, what if we switched what we meant by 7 a.m. to match up better with when the sun is in the sky? And then we won't have to use that extra fuel to, to light our activities during the day. So it's this weird kludge to try and make our mechanical timekeeping systems match up with our natural timekeeping systems. 
Um, so if we just followed the sun like we did for the four million years of humanity before in mechanical clocks, um, this would not be a problem. So it's, um, it's an attempt to solve a problem that we ha are entirely responsible for making ourselves. Wow. If we could afford it, I would have uh, queued up the Beatles song, I'll Follow the Sun, there. That just would be a beautiful thing. Um, but uh, patreon.com slash what the help us afford. <laughs> help us get pay for some Beatles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So what's crazy in there, that Matt, my sort of takeaway from that that uh, journey through the, uh, the history of daylight savings time is how much of it is like time is clearly a human construct. <clears throat> Our sense of time is sort of like a, not 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 only a human con construct, but like there were humans who really were like, yeah, let's mess. We can mess with that. Yeah, let's, we can mess with it. It's no problem. That's some petty stuff. But this brings us to a much more fanciful thought experiment that I'm very excited about. And uh, Gabby, you you this you came up with this. This is your doing. Um, this is your doing. This this is this is beautiful. Um, so. Uh, just a little tease, and then I'll we'll we'll play the magic music that instigates the if experiment. <laughs> um, so while we don our safety suits, um, Gabby, what just give us a little setup as to what, what was your idea here for this week's if? Yeah, I mean, so we talked before the show, and Phil had said something like, "Oh, why don't we do something about daylight savings time?" And my response was, "What if we did it literally?" Just, you know, rather than this, you know, back and forth of clocks, but if we could literally save daylight. Yes. And so, what? <laughs> Sometimes the ifs have a it. life of their own. Yeah. Look at, they come, they come at you, light, at the speed of light. Mm-hmm. What the if you could literally save light put it in a jar put it in a shoebox put it under your mattress maybe in a bank what the if you could save light daylight savings time begins and and for some reason you can only do it within a particular season i guess like it's okay daylight savings time now you can save it's sort of like I don't know, it's like hunting season. Yeah, it's like the shamrock shake. It's available at certain times and not others. <laughs> oh, the shamrock shake. <laughs> Very good. Oh, <clears throat> a fun fact about Spokane, just a little thing. I noticed I was walking outside the other day, and there's a magnificent kind of Main Street. It's called Main Street, in fact, as is the case in many small towns. Um, and there were all these shamrocks painted down the middle of the street. I was like, what is that? And I realized that's... Must be where the St. Patrick's Day Parade is going to oh, uh, nice. be marching. So, saving light, saving light. Um, Gabby, why don't you help us begin? What's your image? What's your image? So, daylight savings time begins. Uh, what are you going to start doing? And, or how did you prepare? Yeah. So, I mean, here's here's what I'm thinking. You know, people notice that the days are getting shorter and shorter, and they're like, "Oh no." Daylight savings time is approaching. Um, so they, they begin hoarding light. Um, you know, the, the mechanism of this is, is beyond me, and to which I'll defer to Matt. But I just imagine, you know, at the end of this, they've got, you know, some jars in the basement. There's, like, some, some pickles. And then right next to that is, you know, they've, they've bottled some light. 
um, and, and come mm. this spring or whatever to lighten things up. You know, they, they crack it open. You, you crack open a cold light with your boys um, on the front porch to, to make the days lighter again oh, in the spring. I would, I would enjoy some pickled light. That might be, put that on a hot dog. Yeah, and I think that's actually, it strikes me as an important point, is that anything that can be hoarded is, right? <laughs> what yeah. Human yeah. beings just like accumulating stuff. Um, and uh, no matter how worthless or free it might be, we still like to hoard it. Um, yeah, yep. so that sounds right. Actually, I like that. Next to the pickles and the beer. Yeah. Um, and so, Matt, Matt, the question becomes, um, and Matt, Gabby and I both defer to you because you are a um, not only a physicist but a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Those two go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, total side note: I, I, I must ask, did when you you worked in nuclear physics? You worked at a where was it that you worked where you sat on a canister of radioactive material? Um, it was it was a fusion laboratory, um, but I actually worked in optics there, so I spent most of my time with with light more than radiation. Ah, but because here we, in in Washington State is the Hanford uh, nuclear facility or something. I wasn't sure if that was where you had worked at one point. Oh yeah, don't don't go visit there. No, don't go. Okay. Um, it is, <laughs> That's not it where is, you work. It, it is literally one of the most polluted places um, on the planet. Do not go there. Yeah. What's funny is, so uh, one of the guys here was telling me that you can take tours there, um, but because of COVID, they've... Because of them. COVID. <laughs> mm. yeah, don't worry about the plutonium slurry, but the COVID yeah. is really going to... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Now, he said that when you go on tours there, there's actually, there's like, as you, you wear a dosimeter and you put on, you know, and you walk around and there are areas painted on the ground. There's like a yellow circle and it's like, yeah, don't step in that. That's a little hot. Yeah, um, but anyway, so so you nuclear physics wizard, how how are we going to do this? So if you want to hang on to light, it's tricky, right? Um, yeah. And the primary problem is that uh, light likes to move, needs to move, baby, um, <laughs> and specifically it moves really fast, right? So one hundred eighty six thousand two hundred ninety two miles per second, um, and there's it's. I don't know, I guess it feels kind of tautological. Um, light has to move that fast. If it's not moving that fast, then it's not light in some important sense. Um, oh. so, so figuring out how to trap it is hard um, because once it stops moving, then it's not light anymore. It, it usually has to convert to, to some other form, uh, like heat or something like that. <laughs> just to keep it as, just so we keep everyone on board, mm -hmm. um, some might say, uh, those who don't have experience in this area might say, well, I don't know, a light bulb is not moving. I've, no. I mm -hmm. feel like if my, I have a light bulb and it's on, do I not have some light here? Yeah, that's a, so that's a, that's a good, that's a good uh, question to ask. Um, yeah. uh, and the answer is that the light bulb, the source itself, can be still. And then the light it generates um, is what moves at that extreme speed. Um, what we say, we, we say C for the speed of light because that's quicker than saying 186,292 miles per second. Uh -huh, um, yeah. So uh, whether your light bulb is moving or not, the light coming off of it is. 
Um, right. And so if we, if I try to grab some of that light with my hand, say I put my hand into the light coming off of the light bulb, um, there's a couple things that can happen. Um, one is I can successfully stop the light, um, in which case the light is absorbed by my hand, right? It's not light anymore. It's turned into to heat energy, probably in my hand. Um, or the other alternative is it can bounce off my hand, in which case it is still going fast, but now just in a different direction. Um, so those kind of traditionally are our two options. We can absorb the light, in which case it's no longer lighty, um, or right. we can reflect it in a new direction. So if you want to trap it, um, typically what you want to, your best bet is to try and reflect it in a way that keeps it from escaping. So if you imagine setting up like two mirrors kind of facing each other and you put some light bouncing back and forth between them, um, then the light still gets to move and it's happy, um, but it is trapped in that sense. So that is, that is a kind of a jar of light at that point. Um, and so one, um, one way this is done actually is with fiber optics. Um, so you can think of fiber optics as like a tunnel for light the light goes in and then it follows the, the line of, um, of the fiber, right. of the, the glass. The fiber it. optic being basically a very thin, you know, you've seen them, these, mm -hmm. these wires that glow. They're basically long strands of glass. Long strands of glass, yep. Um, yeah. uh, so this is what we use for telecommunications and such. Um, so if you put a pulse of light into a fiber optic cable, it'll travel down the, the cable. Um, and then if you're really fast, you can take the two ends of the cable and connect them together. And then the light just goes in a loop forever. Oh. Right. So if you want a pocket of light, that's your best bet. Or if it was already a loop, could you, couldn't you just shoot some light into that loop and then... Yeah, there's tricks you can use close to, to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is not like light jars. This is like a stack of like light donuts. Oh, uh, like, light sort of donuts, like, you yes. got like a stack of tires. Ooh, precisely. Just... Yeah, that's a, that's okay. a good way to think about it. Um, uh, so you can, yeah, so you can coil it up that way too. So if you want to make like a light crawler, um, then you could probably get more light per, per unit donut um, if you wanted. Or it might be kind of cool to keep them in rings and then wear them like necklaces. Um, that'd be kind of fun. That would be extremely so, solid. Yeah. <laughs> now, if the while the light is spinning around this this uh, fiber optic donut, can I? I feel like I can't see that because if I see it, that means the light is escaping. That's correct. Yeah. Is that correct? So when you look at your uh, your light donut, it's actually going to look dark because, as you say, if it was bright, that would mean light is escaping, in which case we're no longer storing our light and we're going to lose it. So perversely, right. no matter how much light is stored in your donut, um, it's still going to look dark. Um, but actually, there's kind of a, a fun trick you can do uh, with this when you get one of these, is um, if you bend it slightly, it'll be bright because the bending changes how well it can trap the light. Um, so as you bend it, the you, you can tell where the bend is by looking for the bright spots. Um, and this is actually used for, for some nifty things of... Um, detecting stresses in buildings and other structures. So if you oh, embed wow. fiber optics like in your concrete pillar, 
uh, and have light trapped in them, um, then as long as they're dark, everything is fine. But if there's sort of hidden stresses in the concrete, that will bend the fiber optics ever so slightly, and you'll see light coming out. So you can literally see where the structure is weak, um, thanks to our light donuts. But the light comes out at the end of the fiber optic thing, or you somehow have it'll come out. It'll it'll come out wherever the stress is, wherever it's uh, wherever it's bent. Oh, so the fiber optic cable must must be at the edge of like on the outside of the, mm -hmm. of the yeah. concrete. Kind of kind of lay it down the side. Yeah. So I was just thinking this is like a glow stick, kind of. Yeah, that's right. You know, you that's have to right. crack a glow stick to get the chemical reaction to happen in order for it to glow. And kind of similarly, if you bend one of these things, then you're going to start seeing the light come out. Uh, but until then, it's pretty inert. Yeah. It's, it's not yeah. doing much. It's, it's not it's worth kinda, You know, it's stored in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So there are perhaps skyscrapers standing with, uh, I don't know, a thousand foot long fiber optic cable running along, you know, the columns and there's light inside all them. That's right. It's not typical for, use this for like when you're designing new kinds of structures and you want to figure out where the stresses are. Um, but for once, once you've got a standard skyscraper design, it's not worth messing with. I see. I see. I see. So in terms of the hoarding aspect, it seems like, like Gabby, if you were hoarding these, um, Oh, actually, sorry. So, Matt, do I need to have many, many rings of many, many donuts, many, many fiber optic light trapping donuts, or can I just have one and keep pumping more and more light into you it? You can keep pumping more and more light into it. Um, there, uh, eventually, um, the fiber optics can't take any more energy, um, but that's way down the line, um, you've got to have a lot of energy packed in there. So for the most part, you can put a lot of a lot of light into one uh, light donut uh, if you're so inclined. But I think if you're hoarding, it means definitely you, you're, you're hitting the limit as fast as possible. It's not going to be very satisfying to have one light donut that has a lot of light in it. Right. Right? You, you want like That's a right. thousand light donuts so you can gaze upon them and say, look at my light donuts. You can have your Scrooge McDuck dive into the Oh, that would be fun. The yeah. pool of light donuts <laughs> instead of coins. Yeah, you could make your donuts small enough to be coins and then you get the the full-on Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, one of my questions about yeah. I was going to say charging a light donut, okay? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm assuming light intensity has something to do with how much energy you can put into it. So you could put, say if it wasn't that much of intense light, you could put stuff into it, but this is fiber optics. It's going out the other end. Mm -hmm. So how, you know, I know sealing it in the circle is important, but you have to have a strong enough thing of light fast enough, I think, right? That you could, I don't know, loop the things back together and it doesn't just escape out the other yes, end. That's right. um, so use a, um, uh, a tool called a beam splitter, even though the name is the opposite of what we're going to use it for. Um, so if you, uh, and actually you can you can make your own beam splitter if you've got a, a prism or a, a piece of glass around. Um, if you shoot a beam of light at a piece of glass at like a 45 degree angle, you'll see that some of it goes through and some of it bounces off. All right. um, and depending on how you build that, uh, you can change up those percentages. So even either a lot gets 
reflected or a lot gets transmitted. Um, so what you do is you take your fiber optic um, and put it into a circle. And then in the circle uh, is one of these beam splitters, a thing that lets some light go through and some light gets deflected to the side. Um, and then you shine light onto the beam splitter and some of it is gonna go straight through. And then some of it is going to go sideways into the loop of glass. Does that make sense? These are one of these things that would be easy to draw, but are really hard to describe. <laughs> um, <laughs> the way I imagine it is almost like um, if you could imagine a circle, mm -hmm. and that's the loop, and then another straight piece that you just, you know, like a stick. You put the circle on a stick, a long stick. Like a imagine a lollipop or a stop sign or something, right? A round thing with a single. And basically, you just shine light through the. Uh, the stick part into the circle, and that's what you're doing, right? And then yeah, you could remove right. the stick. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So it's um, uh, it's. Let's hear. The charging is wasteful in the sense that only a small oh. amount of the light you shine on to it goes into your uh, into your light donut. Um, uh, Which is why we have to okay. save. That's why you have to start. That's right. Saving. That's why you have to save. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then let's see, under what circumstances do we want to release our light once we've hoarded our light? Um, well, if we can go back to the, 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 the reason for daylight savings time. Mm -hmm. uh, it clearly has something to do with um, we need it, we need light, we need to take light from a time where there's a lot of light and use it at a time where there's not a lot of light, right? So it seems like okay, you'd be yeah. saving it up for winter. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's that's right. almost like like uh, like a harvest <laughs> or something. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, right. So um, instead of I guess, yeah, I was gonna say instead of cranking the clocks back to make seven a.m. now when the sun comes up as opposed to when it's pitch black, you just start cracking open some of the light. So then it's light at seven a.m. again without changing the clocks because mm -hmm. yeah. of course that's the most straightforward way to do this. <laughs> no, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds good. Like that. This is where, like, you know, at uh, Christmas lights or, you know, in, in, in the winter holidays, we put, turn on lots of lights in the darkest, you know, um, the part of the year where we have the longest nights, right? Mm -hmm. This would be like a massive, um, some, you know, the society that's using this, uh, this process basically says, um, it's not Christmas lights they want. It's not mere fanciful, you know, blinky lights that they want. They basically want to get sunlight. They they have to light up their um, their world um, as bright as a day. The same kind of brightness they would have. Uh, in they're trying. Here's what they're doing. They're trying to create equal day and night. Right. Uh, yes, that's right. Or if mm -hmm. if we're a nice capitalist society, we probably want as much light for as long as possible, so we can keep our workers going efficiently, making our widgets or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, we we do. This is what we do, right? We have mm -hmm. we we expend enormous amount. We we instead of trapping light and releasing it later, we um, we take energy trapped in fossil fuels and burn it and, you know. Yeah, that's right. So actually, one reasonable question at this point in the, th the thought experiment is why don't we do this all the time, right? Why don't, because we have plenty of fiber optics, right? So why don't we do this? Um, and it turns out that the, um, 
the uh, the issue is energy density um, in the sense of how much energy can we store in a given size and weight. Uh, and it turns out that even though we can pump our light donuts full of a lot of light, um, chemical energy is still typical is still typically the the most dense way to store energy um, so it's still easiest for us to use uh, say oil because even with losing energy during the conversion process you'll still get more light per unit weight out of that um, uh, but you know maybe we're hippies and we don't want to use um, fossil fuels in which case we want our rechargeable light donuts. Um, in which case yeah. we just take them out every morning and charge them up during the day, and then uh, maybe we get right. enough light till last told through the night. So, is this not what solar power is? It is not actually. So that's a, a good that's a, a good question too. Um, so solar energy starts as light, but then we convert it into other forms that are more easily stored. Um, and manipulated. Right. So right. one, the what you think of as like solar panels um, converts light into electricity, and then we can use all of our batteries and such for, for storing that electrical energy. Um, and that's helpful because then we can convert that electricity into uh, whatever else we need, heat and light and cat videos and, and whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, I should say, an older form of uh, solar power is what's sometimes called solar thermal power, in which you focus the light on just like um, a big jar of water, and then um, that gets hot from the light. Um, and then uh, we have lots of tools for, for storing hot stuff, too. So that can be handy. I think most of our power generation is just boiling water anyway. We never really got past boiling water. It really is. It, it is just amazing, right? Whatever it is, you know, what, what, uh, nuclear reactors are still just fancy ways to boil water. Um, They're teapots. We are just obsessed with it as a species. We can't get away from, yeah. from hot water. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is something we have in abundance. I uh, well, there is something to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I love is, Gabby, your idea of saving light, really, let's push this harder. It has, you really want to, you're, we're, we're saving the light, and there's something about our culture, or somehow the way we evolved in this fanciful scenario, that we do not want to convert that light to something else. We really are opposed, like, we just love light as light, right? I want to, like, the hoarding aspect says, I'm almost keeping it for reasons beyond just practical purposes. It's like, so it's more like, it's a, it's like money or something. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're Apollonians, right? We're, we're sun worshipers. Um, that seems fine. Oh, yeah. that's, cool. that's a good one. So we start collecting it. If we're hoarding light, this is what I imagine is that really eventually um, it is, some substance that everybody, first of all, the incredible thing about light as opposed to like gold or diamonds, it, the light is accessible to everybody um, from the sun at the very least. And um, so everybody could hoard it and store it up. And so if we have a bank, Matt, how, how do we, um, how are we going to store all this light? 
Well, we once they're in the light donut, um, you can just stack them. Um, you know, they are glass, so they're, they're flexible glass, but they're still glass. Um, so you need to be a little bit gentle with them, right? You don't want to you don't want to put them under your mattress because they're going to be wrecked. Right. Um, uh, but otherwise, no reason you can't have a, a bank vault full of our light donuts. Um, and uh, I'd say if you make them the right size, um, say a few inches across, I say instead of wallets, we wear them like bracelets, right? Kind of slide them up the arm. Cool. Um, and that's kind of similar to how um, old style Chinese currency used to be, is um, the coins had holes in the middle, and then you would put a string through them. Um, and, then, uh, and then you would know like one... I can't remember what the term is, one loop of coins, um, and you would slide them onto your forearms and wear them inside your sleeves. Uh, and then if you needed it, you Whoa. just slid it off. All right, so I think we should do that with our, our light donuts too. Yeah. I also did want to point out that currency that you can't move is not necessarily a too big of a thing to, to overcome because mm. um, there are things called rye stones or RAI stones. I don't know if I'm right. Ray, rye stones. Um, they're giant like stone discs oh, basically. Yes, that's right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I looked it up. They're like almost 9,000 pounds um, and they were very important like as like ceremonial gifts but they, like who owned them was very well recorded but you couldn't move them. So it would just be like, yeah, this one belongs wow. to so-and-so, um, but it wouldn't be, you know, in so-and-so's wallet because it's a 9,000-pound um, stone. And, and to give that in metric, that's 4,000 kilograms. So it's a, it's a little beefy. Mm -hmm. And also, um, if you're familiar with SpongeBob, if I remember correctly, <laughs> this is Mr. Krabs's first nickel, first dime. Um, there, it was a whole bit that, like, the coin that drops out is this giant rock. And as a kid, I didn't get it as much as I did once I, like, that's got great. older. I was like, what was up with that? And Googled it. Uh, that's how I first found out about these. It was from, a, like, a 10-second <laughs> gag in a SpongeBob episode. That's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link, or actually, I'll, I'll, I'll put not just a link, but uh, they, uh, <clears throat> I'll put a picture of them uh, on their website, whattheif.com, where this episode will be. And you can see all our other episodes, too. But, yeah, basically, it's a, a gigantic stone... Um, disc with a hole in the middle and it's looks like it, there's a man standing next to it and it's taller than him so mm -hmm. it's you know these things yeah. have uh, five or six foot uh diameter stones <laughs> that's incredible um and so wait here's the, i just had a thought that <clears throat> excuse me lose my voice today um <clears throat> When when I go to purchase uh, coffee, as I am wont to do um, about ten times a day, um, and I want to go buy, I'm, I'm going to use Apple Pay, right? So um, I, which is you know, I just you touch your phone to the little uh, cash register uh, receiver in the coffee shop, and ding ding, the transfer is made. Um, in this scenario, I would have I'd be wearing these loops, um, these fiber optic loops, uh, mm -hmm. light loops. On my wrist, and um, I think though that it wouldn't. I think this society lo loves the idea of the light itself being the valuable thing much more than you, that. Me handing them one of my loops doesn't seem as cool. I think we. I really need to give them the light itself, mm -hmm. and so That'd therefore cool. I would have yeah. to take one of my loops and insert it into the, you know some sort of device there at the cash register. That it then tap it basically some there's a 
fiber optic needle or something that taps mm-hmm. the loop and the light, actual light comes out of my loop and goes into the cash register there, into their yeah, loop. Yeah, that sounds right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, they, you know, they, they bite the edge of it, bend it a little like a, like oh, a gold coin, nice. and then the light comes out. <laughs> so we're like, ah, yeah, it's good, it's good That's money. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so... Um, Speaking of fun cartoons, it reminds me of uh, in the uh, classic uh, cartoon series, The Simpsons. There is a uh, the richest man uh, in this in the city uh, is evil, of course, and his mm-hmm. name is Mr. Smithers. So, uh, Gabby or Matt, what do you imagine when we see uh, Mr. Smithers' collection of light? He's the one who has he he's hoarded the light more than anyone else. Um, Isn't it Mr. Burns? Mr. Burns, right, yeah, Smithers is his assistant, right? Yes. It's like, he's not evil. Smithers killed Burns and ascended to the throne. (laughs) (laughs) See, see where my allegiances lie with the the working man. Uh, Yes, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. (laughs) Mr. Burns has hoarded all the light. I want all the light. Oh, so he steals all the light. How's he going to do that? Mr. Burns decides that he is going to steal all the light from all the people of Springfield. Trickier. Um, I mean, if it's physical repositories, I'm assuming you got to have some kind of bank heist. Yeah, that's probably um, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Some, that's right. Um, but and, the real uh, problem yeah. will be, of course, that everybody can just recharge their light donuts the next morning. Um, so oh. if he's going to inform, if, if the light is going to be valuable, you need scarcity. Um, so we've got to have some kind of, I don't know, giant sunshade over Springfield to, to really cause yeah. the problems. Which is a real episode. Or you episode. break the donuts. Is that right? <laughs> yes, you remember that? Mr. Burns blocked out the sun. Yeah, well, now we yeah, know that's why. Like a, yeah. he, he builds an enormous, yeah. Now we know the backstory. That's <laughs> Is there any danger once you you let's say you 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 know if if it sounds to me Matt like if I collect too much light I'm really hoarding it right and I think a real difficulty in this you know really there would be a sense of scarcity in a sense of all this fiber optic stuff is that's going to be the the limiting factor um, in a big way you, you know um, so if I've hoarded all this and I have uh, you know my entire house is full of, uh, like, you can't even walk anywhere. Right? There are barely mm-hmm. some paths too much, yeah. where I have to I walk. Through. I have so many of these um, don't, light donuts. Um, is, is there a fire danger here? Is there? Actually, no. I mean, this is one of the nice things ah. about, about light storage in this, in this way, um, is uh, uh, the amount of light being stored in one of these is not is not dangerous, right? You couldn't start a fire with it even if you wanted to. Um, so as long as you don't shine it into your eye, um, you'll be okay. I'd think of it like a, a laser pointer. Um, it's that level of, of safety. Um, so there's actually something to be said for, for the physical light storage. Um, it's, uh, it's convenient in, in, in some ways. Yeah. 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 So light as money is what we want. Um, so, Gabby, when it comes down to uh, with daylight saving time, so we've saved. We spent the entire. Uh, is it how long is daylight saving time? Is it six months? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, save it up, and then we we are now going to release it. And uh, I think that 
it'd be interesting. You have to sort of release it slowly over the course of six months. You can't just release it all at once. But I think there'd be one celebration where everyone agrees to uh, let off, you know, it, like like a Chinese New Year kind of thing where yeah, instead of fireworks fun. going off, mm-hmm. let out your light. Yeah. Um, Gabby, can you imagine a, a, what would a gathering be? Let's say in Times Square. Uh, what would it look like? What would be the yeah? Event? I mean, so I guess it, I mean light celebrations are are yeah very common amongst a lot of cultures. Um, I always think like Diwali, which is one that's like I think it's literally like the festival of light. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I imagine very much if this is a society that you know enjoys light, people are going to be cracking open their light donuts all the time. Um, in typical human fashion, there's going to be a lot of food. Um, if this is Times Square, it's going to be physically jam-packed with people, some confetti, because um, that stuff gets everywhere. Um, <laughs> maybe instead of, you know, dropping a ball, they just, you know, have a really, really, really big light donut yeah. that they, you know, I don't know, stored on, like, the longest day of the summer or something like that. Because yeah. uh, I guess you could attach some, I don't know, ceremonial significance to when the light came from. Yeah, that's light from the longest day of the year is Mm -hmm. the, I don't know, most important, most sacred, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, actually, that's. I like that. Yeah, that's right. They trap a little bit of light from important moments of your uh, of your life, um, and then play it back (laughs) uh, at important moments. I think that would be great. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. I also had an image of like you know uh, at a concert when you. um, you, uh, the band has finished and they've walked off stage and you want them to come back. Everybody, well, it used to be that everyone held up a lighter. Um, and nowadays <laughs> you hold up, you know, you turn on the light on your cell phone, everybody waves, right? You imagine a stadium full of, we've all seen this, a stadium full of people waving the light on their iPhones. I can imagine Times Square kind of being like that. Um, everybody opens their, you know, o- opens their light donut at the same time and then suddenly there's just this blast of light. As everyone opened at the same time, super fun. Um, thank you for that. This was this was a delightful, lighthearted one, which is good. I feel like we needed something like <laughs> light lighthearted. Oh. Very oh my! <laughs> I, I should say to, hey, to, to, to bookend. Um, I should probably mention that the whole reasoning I gave at the start um, of the episode about why we have daylight savings is actually wrong. Right. Um, the, the reasoning uh, does, it actually saves nothing. Um, it's, it's a huge right. amount of trouble, um, that has essentially no benefit. Um, and there's absolutely no reason for us to continue it today. Es- essentially the, the reason there's right. no benefit is that we have our lights on 24 hours a day, essentially now. Um, it's no longer the case that, uh, we only use energy at specific times. Mm-hmm. Um, so right to your congressperson. Um, and ask them to get rid of it uh, because it is just an enormous amount of waste of time. And I should say, traditionally, the uh, the, the um, objections to daylight savings time are led by farmers um, because cows do not like the time shift. I'm totally not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's re- really no, I, you know I'm not surprised by that because the amount of people who, the amount of people I know whose animals got pissed at them because they were like, where is my why is my breakfast not here? Like, you know, because the cat knows when it's getting fed. It has its own circadian rhythm. It has its own clock. And then you bump it back an hour and the cat's like, no, why? Don't do this to me. Yeah. Thank you for that safety warning, Matt. And uh, let's all rise up and uh, make Earth a better place to live. 
um, with fewer hangry cows. Thank you all for listening. I will plug our uh, membership program at Patreon, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash what the if. If you want to wear a cool what the if t-shirt, or if you want to drink from a mug that makes you ask what the if with every sip, or you want to receive uh, an upcoming uh, newsletter with uh, um, Matt and Gabby's and my uh, picks of the month, cool articles we've read or books or movies to see, things like that. Uh, if you want to connect with other people who support the show so much they want to become super ifers and Patreon members, patreon.com slash what the if, go check it out. Um, no obligation just to go to that page and see all the cool things you could have if you did become a member. And thank all of you for who have joined. It's really much, much, much appreciated. You're helping us grow the show, helps us do more science education, which was what we really enjoy. Uh, Gabby, can you help uh, close, close out uh, the show with our uh, special ritual? Yeah. So as we are all gathered on the darkest day of winter with our, you know, light donuts we've rolled into Times Square, gently rolled into Times Square, uh, and we are having this absolute rager and the, you know, donut of uh, summer solstice light is about to drop, we cannot help but shout uh, against the, the winters. We crack open our own light. What? The... Thank you all for listening. Patreon.com slash what the if. Save your light. But don't hoard it. You know, if you're going to hoard it, just be safe. Even though Matt said it was safe, I, I, I don't know. You know, I think I'll just be extra careful with your donuts. Um, and remember that uh, Mr. Smithers uh, is not the problem. It's Mr. Burns. See you all next week. Bye.